your left and to your right your Bibles turning tonight. Praise God. So tell those who are not around that Pastor Fred is back in town and tell them to grow up. They shouldn't run away from church because Pastor Fred is not around. Pastor Fred won't always be around. We won't always be here, all of us. But the time we are here, let's maximize the grace that God has given us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is our text. And for a while, we've been considering spiritual gifts. That is, the gifts of the Spirit. Nine of them, three of them say something, three of them do something. Three of them reveal something. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to be in verse 1 all the way to 11. And I'll skip a few verses and read more. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God who works all in all. I'd like you to notice that phrase tonight because I'll be referring to it. The same God which worketh all in all. Somebody say, God is working in me. Say it like you're convinced. God is working in me right now. That is called God inside-mindedness. You must be inside-minded about God. If you are going to go far in life and going to do great things for God and things that will glorify his name, you must carry the consciousness of God on your inside, knowing that God is in me right now. He's not just in heaven, he's in me and he's working in me. Paul the Apostle said by the Holy Ghost, he said it is the same God that worketh all in all. The same God. There are differences in our gifts or administrations of the gifts, but the same God is working in you and is working in me. Say it again, God is working in me. Hey, when you face challenges in life that seem larger than life, tell that challenge, God is working in me. God is working in me. So you have to get out. When you have sickness in your body or disease in your body, tell that situation, God is working in me. God is working in me. And so you have to get out. Amen, praise God. It helps you a lot in life. Verse 8, verse 7 rather, but the manifestation of the Spirit. Notice it said manifestation of the Spirit. It didn't say the manifestation of these gifts. So every time you see any of these gifts in operation, it is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Every time you see a gift of the Spirit in operation, whether it's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the gifts of healings, the gift of faith, the gift of prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, interpretation of tongues, any of them. When you see them in operation, it is the Holy Spirit that is manifesting himself. 
In other words, they are not natural gifts. We have our own natural gifts, but every time you function in any of these gifts, it is the Holy Ghost who has taken you over and who is working through you and in you using that gift. Can I have an amen? So these gifts are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. For instance, in the administration of the gift of healings, the gift of healing could be voice activated. That is, you pray for someone and they are healed without the natural means of using medicine or the help of a doctor. You just pray and somebody is healed. Now, without touching them. Now, it is coming through the spoken word. So, the, the power of God can be voice activated. The gift of the Holy Ghost also can be voice activated. Sometimes, it comes through the touch. Through a touch. You lay hands and then, boom, it flows. Sometimes, it could be through maybe anointing oil. Alright? But then, none of them is through a natural means. It is supernatural. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit that is at work. I'll show you an example tonight in the ministry of Paul the Apostle. So let's go on very quickly. Um, verse 8. Then he began to talk about, let me read verse 7 again, then I'll move on. Before he started talking about the gifts. But the manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, the manifestation of the gifts. But the manifestation of the gift is also the manifestation of the Spirit. Here he said, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. What does that mean? When the Holy Ghost walks through you, through any of these nine gifts, it is for you to bring profit to the kingdom of God. So your life is supposed to bring profit to the kingdom of God. Yes, you will also profit without. You yourself will profit. Amen? I said amen to that. When God uses you, God is not a user. When he uses you, he blesses you as well. So it pays to serve God. It pays for you. If I were you, I want to yield myself to God. To use me. Amen? It's not like a man that would use you and abuse you and misuse you and dump you in a pedal bin. If God uses you, when God uses you, he blesses you. He blesses every vessel. That he uses. And every vessel that is faithful. You just need to be faithful. Just be faithful. Any little thing you are given to do, be faithful doing it. God will find you. Once he finds you faithful, he will bless you. So the manifestation of, this, of, the, of the spirit is given to every man to profit without. Verse 8. Then he began to list this gift. For to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. By the same spirit. To another, faith. This is gift of special faith. By the same spirit to another. The gifts of healings. That's where we're going tonight. By the same spirit to another. The working of miracles to another. Prophecy to another. Discerning of spirits to another. Diverse kinds of tongues and to another. Interpretation of tongues. Nine of them. Somebody say nine of them. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit. Dividing to every man severally as he, the Holy Ghost, will. It is not as you will, but you can covet earnestly the best gifts. And so go to verse 31. It says, but covet earnestly 
the best gifts and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. What is the best gift? The gift you need at the moment. When you are faced with the situation or someone else is faced with the situation and they call you with them or you are meant to minister to them, the gift you need to help them at that point is the best gift. Amen? Somebody's at the point of death. A word of knowledge may be helpful. But at that moment, they probably need the working of miracles. Or maybe they need the gifts of healings. Or maybe they need the combination of the gift of special faith plus the working of miracles plus the gift of healings. The three of them. Alright? And this happens a lot, especially when maybe somebody has passed on. They've died already. You need those three gifts to be in operation. The gift of uh, faith, which is special faith, which doesn't do a miracle, but receives a miracle. It can receive anything from God. It will receive that person's spirit from the realm of the spirit back into the body. But that's not enough. You need also the working of miracles for a dead person to come, up, to come back alive. That's a miracle. So you need the gift of the working of miracles to go with the gift of faith that receives the spirit. But then, maybe they got injured and then they died. Their neck got broken in an accident. Now, they are back. The spirit is back in the body, but it's still bleeding. Well, they will die again unless you have the gifts of healings coming into operation to put the bones together, to put the, the flesh together, to say to the blood, behave yourself. And then they get up and walk as though nothing, nothing ever happened. Even if it was a disease that killed them or a sickness that killed them, what is disease? What's sickness? That is perishing instrumentally. When somebody has a disease in their body and they don't get help, they're going to be dying gradually, 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 gradually. The Bible tells us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The word perish there is also dying gradually. <laughs> when somebody has a sickness in their body, they are perishing. Unless they get help. Maybe through the doctors, through the power of God. But Christ has paid for it all. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Part of the curse of the law listed in Deuteronomy 28 from verse 15 all the way to 68. You'll find all manner of sicknesses and diseases there. In fact, in one of the verses, it says including sicknesses and diseases that are not written in this book. So every sickness and every disease falls under the category, the curse of the law. And I'm a blessed man. So if I begin to feel the symptoms of the curse of the law on me, I have spiritual responsibility to say, no, I've been redeemed from that. I'm not going to take it. I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. Can I have an amen to that? Many times we are too gentlemanly. It comes and then you pamper it. And some people say it's their family sickness. That means your family is cursed. That's what it means. Oh no, pastor, don't curse my family. No, I'm not cursing your family. I'm saying the family is cursed. Oh no, my family is not cursed. So tell that thing to get out. What is the curse doing in your family? Christ has redeemed us from the curse. It's like Christ has paid for my microphone. And then somebody shows up and says, Pastor Fred, you can't preach without microphone anymore because you have to pay for it. No, Christ has paid for this. He gave us the money. We bought it. You can come and claim it from me. No, I'm not going to give it to you. Praise God. Amen. That's the way you should treat the devil. You should be very rough with him, especially when it comes to your health. When it comes to your finances, the same thing. 
When it comes to your peace, the same thing. You are entitled to shalom. Christ is the prince of peace and is in your heart and he shed his blood to purchase peace for you. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking and somebody is trying to steal your peace. Come on now. You got to be rough with that guy. I've spoken about, I've taught almost six of them, of the gifts. I'm on the sixth one and I want to finish that tonight so that come next week I will move on to the gift of prophecy then diverse kinds of tongues and then interpretation of tongues. I've dealt with the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, descending of spirits. I've dealt with the gift of special faith. I've dealt with the working of miracles, the gift of the working of miracles and now under the power gifts the last one is the gifts of healings and I want to deal with it tonight. Somebody say amen to that. Go very quickly to the ministry of Jesus. Let's look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Peter said this about the ministry of Jesus. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Peter was in the house of Cornelius. Cornelius was a gentle man who didn't know the Lord, but always prayed and gave alms to the poor. And the Lord sent salvation to his house using Peter. And in verse 38, as Peter was preaching, he said... How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Peter recognized that Jesus did all he did because he was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power. What does it mean to be anointed? In the natural, anointing means to smear something on your face or to rub it on you. For example, you ladies rub pomade or body cream, you know, or hair cream. When you do that, or maybe a balm on your face and on your head, you are anointing yourself. That's what it means. But in the, in the Bible, when we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into you and upon you, he's anointing you. So there is the anointing within. That is the presence of the Holy Spirit inside your spirit. And then there is the anointing upon. That is the presence of the Holy Spirit on you. The one within you helps you to build character, Christian character. You see, the one upon makes you a blessing to other people, empowers you to do good, empowers you to bless others, empowers you to preach the gospel, empowers you to heal the sick. Can I have an amen to that? The one within blesses you. The one upon makes you a blessing. So somebody say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's the anointing. That's the work of the anointing. That's why Isaiah picked that up in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. He says, in that day, his yoke shall be taken from off your shoulder and his burden from off your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed. He didn't say broken. He said shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing does not break the yoke. It destroys the yoke. There is a wide difference between the two. The yoke is metallic in nature. When you say break the yoke, it means you are going to break that chain. But when you break a chain, somebody can put it back together, right? You can give it to the goodsmith. 
You can give it to the welder. They'll, they'll, they'll put it back together. But when you want to destroy metal, you expose it to water. Expose it to the elements. Over time, when water is accessing metal, that metal will go into what they call corrosion in chemistry. Is that right? And when metal corrodes, all you need to do is just hold on to it and press it. It's going it's to turn to powder. Metal can become powdery when it has corroded. That is what the anointing does to the yoke. It will corrode it and destroy it. When metal becomes powder, you can't take it back to metal. It's destroyed. It has gone from the solid state to the powdery state. Glory be to God. That is what the anointing does. When the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes upon your life, it destroys the yoke. It destroys it such that it is no longer traceable to your life. That's why some of you find out that certain habits you had or maybe a disease you had before, the anointing came upon you and you got healed and it was as though you never took ill. Because the anointing does not break the yoke. To break it is to give you temporary relief. To destroy it is to give you permanent relief. Permanent solution. First John chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says, whoever commits sin is of the devil because he's a sinner from the beginning, etc. And it says, for this cause was the Son of God made manifest. Why? Even to destroy the works. To destroy, First John, First John 3, 8. To destroy the works of the devil. To destroy. He hasn't come to pamper it, he has come to destroy it. Can I have an amen to that? So, Paul the Apostle was talking about the gifts of healings. I want you to notice, which is what we're dealing with tonight, those two words are pluralized. Gifts and then healings. And I tried to understudy that to see why gifts, plural, and then healings, plural as well. Now, um, I don't have the full explanation for that. But the little I can say is that there are many diseases in the world. And so... Um, I believe that's why there are also gifts to address these kinds of different diseases and sicknesses. If you have been in the ministry for a while or you are close to Buddha and the ministry, they will tell you that you might discover that in your own ministry or as a believer in your life, there are certain kinds of sicknesses and diseases you get rid of very quickly. Maybe boil or growth, growth in somebody's body. When you pray for them, the growth disappears. But there are other kinds of situations, sicknesses and diseases that you find very hard to deal with. If you ask many ministers, they will tell you this. That they've also seen that in their ministries. A particular kind of sickness or symptom or disease, they get easily, they get rid of it very easily. They deal with it very easily. But there is another kind or other types that they might need to get another minister. Who is well versed in that area? <laughs> you know. Now, all these gifts, the Bible says, are distributed severally to every man according to the will of the Holy Spirit. So, he's the one that distributes. He knows what you need. Gives it to you. Praise God. Amen. I said, praise God. Amen. You would see that in the ministry of Jesus, it wasn't so. In his own ministry, he healed every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. He wasn't a specialist in one area. It was everything. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Even the person died, he brought them back to life. And Jesus gave a command in Matthew chapter 10, I believe verse 8 or verse 7. He gave a command to the apostles to heal the sick. Matthew 10 and verse 8. He says, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. 
Raise the dead. Oh my God. Cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's the mission of every believer. Read that with me. Say, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Jesus said to do that. He said, freely you have received, freely give. Lord, how are we going to get this done? By the anointing. How did Jesus get it done? He was anointed. And he has told us to heal the sick. Oh no, I'm not a healer. I'm, yeah, he is the healer. But he will walk through you to make you also a healer. If you are yielded to him. He gave the command. If he knew that you couldn't heal the sick, would he say, don't, would he say heal the sick? If you yield yourself, he wants to use every one of us. It's not just the pastor. It's not just because I preach or any pastor anywhere. Jesus wants to walk through all of us, regardless of our age, our level of education, our sex, our background. All those things don't matter to him. Your availability is what matters to him. The compassion in your heart. Do you love people? Sometimes when you go close to people that are sick, you might be exposed to some stench, some odor. Would, can you stand it? They say, ah, oh, no, this is the hospital. Oh, that's why I hate coming to the hospital. It's smelling. Oh, I, I, I can't deal with this. Let me run to my car and get some air freshener. Oh, oh, air conditioner plus air freshener. God can't use you much. Can you stay with someone whose body is oozing out pus and the pus is smelly? And you stay there an hour. Training the Holy Ghost and, and, and trusting God for direction. To know what to do. He's done it, but you need to know what to do in certain cases. Can you share God's word with them by their bedside before you even pray for them? Even though they're feeling badly, can you handle it? Oh no, I don't like to see things like that. Then God can use you much. You, we must love people. For God to really use us, we must love people to the point that you hate to see them in pain. It is Satan that loves to see people in pain. And there are some people also that love to see others suffer and see them in pain. It is the spirit of Satan that is working in them. They just like to see people suffer. They enjoy it. I think there's a phenomenon like that in psychology. They just like to see others in pain. They derive pleasure from the other person's pain. That is an antichrist spirit. Jesus enjoyed to see people set free from pain. He said to the woman that was bent over for 18 years, 18 years, whom Satan had bound, Jesus said, woman, thou art loosed one service. A man whose hand had withered, Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. A woman who lost her only child, a widow, the widow of name. They were going to bury him. An only child, a widow, meaning no husband. Jesus raised that boy back to life. He loved to do good. He, he still loves to do good till tonight. Because Hebrews 13 verse 8 tells us, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, the same tonight, the same tomorrow, the same forever. Can I have an amen to that? 
And that's why he has sent you and me on errands to continue his ministry. But how did he do it? Somebody might say, well, Jesus, Pastor Jesus did all that he did because um, he was the son of God. No. He ministered as a prophet that was anointed. Yeah. Ministered as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Did you ever read of any miracle in the ministry of Jesus when he was 15 years old? Anybody here? What about when he was 19? What about when he was 29? But was he the son of God all that while? That's a simple question. Answer me now. Was he the son of God all that while? He was the son of God. But he didn't perform one miracle. So he did not deliver people. He did not heal people as the son of God. He did all he did as a man anointed by God. So what made the difference in his life then? That's the question we should ask. Since, okay, even when he turned 30, before the day he went to meet John the Baptist for his baptism and the Holy Ghost descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove, was he the son of God? Yes, he was. What about that day? Yes, he was. What about the day after? Yes, he continued to be the son of God. But not a single miracle was traceable to him until he was endued with power from on high. The Holy Ghost made Jesus what he was. And glory be to God, we have access to the same Holy Spirit that made Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Christ is not his surname. I've said that time and time again. Christ means the anointed one and he's anointed. Say with me, the anointed one and he's anointed. Are you anointed tonight? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Do you have him upon you? Do you have the evidence of speaking in other tongues? That is the token, that is the evidence that is on you. The Holy Ghost might be in you, but not on you. If you are born again, the moment you receive Christ into your heart, the Holy Ghost comes into you. That's the spirit of Christ. That's the spirit of Jesus. He comes into you. But you need another experience. You need him to come upon you. When he comes upon you, how do we know he has come upon you? The Bible clearly gives us the sign. The sign that is on you is that you start speaking in other tongues. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils and speak with other tongues. We find that in Mark 16 from 17 and all. Then if you go to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, the Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men but to God. Albeit men do not understand them. But then in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. If you go through the book of Acts, you will see as the apostles laid hands on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. As the people received the Holy Ghost, they began to speak. On the day the Holy Ghost himself came, in Acts chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4, they were all assembled together in one accord, in one room. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, gave them what to say. Are you with me tonight? That is the token that is the evidence that the Holy Ghost is on you. It can be in you. If you don't allow him on you, 
Well, you'll be limited in scope. You'll be limited in life. You'll be limited in ministry. You'll be a good person, but you'll be limited in how much God can use you. The, the two experiences can be likened to water in a well and water in a river. Water in a well, that's the Holy Ghost in you, can only bless a house or a couple of houses on that street. By the time everybody brings their barrel during the dry season and they fetch, 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 they, the well will be dry. In fact, the owner of the well will lock it up if you grew up in the ghetto like I did. They will lock it up with padlock. They will fetch it in the midnight. Lock it up again, waiting for the water to come up, to come up, to come up. But you can't compare that to a river. Oh, a river can serve the whole city. It can serve several cities. As wherever it flows, it's a blessing. The river can go from Ibadan to Oyo, to Ogumosho, to Iloni. It's a river and it's blessing everybody that gets access to it. That is what the spirit upon is like. You become a blessing to the white, to the black, to the Hispanic, to the whatever. Whoever they are, no matter their skin color, anybody you meet, whether they are doctors, they are lawyers, doesn't matter. You bless them all the same. Because you have been empowered from on high. Jesus could do all he did after, after, after that the Holy Ghost came upon him. When he went to John for baptism, the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily form and then his ministry began. Can I have an amen to that? His ministry did not begin until the Holy Spirit came on him. If Jesus could not do all that he did without the Holy Spirit, how do you think you can do ministry? How do you think you can be a blessing, function in the gift of healings and all these other gifts without the Holy Spirit? That's why people go into black magic. They do ministry without the Spirit. They want the gifts. So they have to go supernatural. And they go to herbalists and go to all these people and do rituals so they can have some kind of supernatural power. Some of them, when they do like this, everybody in that area will just fall. It is not always the power of God. The spectacular is not always the supernatural. And the supernatural is not always spectacular. As I'm preaching and teaching tonight, somebody might be watching online and they're getting healed. After this service, they just discover, ah, I had the pain in my chest. Whew, it's gone. That's the Holy Ghost. He doesn't have to come and shake everybody and shake you. Shake the camera. And shake the cameraman. If he likes, he can do that. If he likes, he can make this building shake. If he likes, he can come in quietly, do what he wants to do and And he's in us all the same. Amen? Glory be to God. The gifts of healings. So when he came on Jesus, Jesus now, Peter picked that up and was telling them in the house of Cornelius. That how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth is like Fred of Mokola. How God anointed Fred of Mokola. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He was a man. He came as a man. With what did he anoint him? It wasn't with oil. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit. And Dunamis. Because you will need power to rout the enemy. You will need power to take new territories for God. You will need power to win souls. You don't win souls by eloquence. The average unbeliever doesn't want to, doesn't believe in God, doesn't care about your God, doesn't care a hoot. 
I've had people say to me, I don't know how I got to the front. I mean, I said to myself, I wasn't going to give my life to Christ. We had that in our blaze last year as well. One young man that came with long beards like this. And the Spirit of God said to me, there was somebody on drugs there. And drugs will not help you. You need Christ. His friends that invited him to church came later to me to say, that guy had said, he didn't want to come. They forced him to come. And then he had said he would never go out if any altar call was made. He came out, man. He came out crying. And he was telling his friends, he didn't know how he came out. That's the power of God. Power past power. So you need power. Can I have an amen to that? That power is the anointing. Can I have an amen? And when you are anointed, they know in their kingdom. It's not about shout. You can simply say, in the name of Jesus, out. You can be on your seat on an airplane and you find out that there's some devil trying to play some pranks. You don't need to get up and say, in the name. No, you can just <laughs> take authority over you. Get out in the name of Jesus. You can cast out devil out of somebody. And all everybody will see is manifestation. But you have done, you, you did the work from your seat. Jesus did it through you. So look at this one. Out in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory be to God. It's sweet to know him. And everywhere you go, take territories for God. Take territories. He said, heal the sick. Matthew 10, 8 we read. Heal the sick. He didn't stop there. He, gave, he took it higher. He raised the bar. He said, cleanse the leper. Oh, God. Heal the sick. We're still struggling. Cleanse the leper. Oh, Lord. How are we going to do that? How do we cleanse the leper? The leper is oozing, oozing, oozing of leprosy. Jesus raised the bar again. He said, raise the dead. Ah! Raise the dead. He said, do it. Do it. Do it. Freely, you have received. What did you receive? The Holy Ghost. You received the anointing. Somebody say, I'm anointed. You must know. The anointing is in me and it's on me. I know who I am. It's not pride. It's knowing who I am in Christ. I am in him. He is in me. He is inside me. So it's not me, really. It's him in me. And can I shock you? Do you know that even all the miracles Jesus did, he never took credit for it? Because he knew that somebody anointed him. So he returned the glory to the one that anointed him. John 14 and verse 10. Go there quickly. John 14 and verse 10. John 14, 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The Father. The Father in me. Does that not sound like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians that we read and chapter 12? Now you stay there and put your finger here. Put your finger somewhere, stay somewhere. In verse 6, Paul said, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God who works all in all. God is working in me. God is working in you. Did you get that tonight? Come on, did you get that tonight? Go to Philippians 2 and 13. We're coming back to John chapter 14. Go to Philippians 2.13. Glory be to God. That's why I love that song we took earlier. Even, even when I can't see him, he's working. <laughs> Never stops working. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is who? Come on, talk to me. It is who? God. Which? What? Worketh. He works. The Father is still working. Glory be to God. Some say, oh no, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and the Father is chilling now. The Bible says it works. 
He works. He works in you. He works where? In you. The greatest works of God are the works he does in us. Not in the things he does for us. God just blessed me with the car. God just blessed me with the house. I just got a visa. I just got a promotion. Thank God for all of that. Those ones are nothing compared to what he does in us. Many, many times, he helps us to change. There is nobody that can act crazy. Some people think they are crazy. And I shake my head. Oh, new weary. Some of us, our weary is more than yours. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I mean, you know, sometimes people try some nonsense with you and you look at them like, if not for Jesus, at least you owe me two teeth. Two teeth. I should remove two. You two might, you might succeed in removing one from me, but at least I should remove two. Hey, you know, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy because the works of the flesh, you know, I'm not the one that did it. It's my body that did fornication, but my spirit is always worshiping God. My friend, shut up. There's nobody that cannot commit fornication. Nobody. We don't need to be taught. Nature, nature will teach you. Nobody. So those of us who keep our body, it is not because we can't do crazy things. We can. We have the equipment to do it. But... There is a he in us that restrains us. So when you see something and you want to do something, the one that reveals something will say, oh, come on now. You're better than that. It reveals you to you. You're a child of the most high God. You're an ambassador for the kingdom. There are certain things ambassadors don't do. You don't find them cheaply on the streets. There are certain places they don't eat. There are certain things they don't wear. There are certain ways they don't talk. There are certain con- uh, gatherings you won't find them. Be- not because of them, but because of the kingdom they represent. If you slap an ambassador, you have slapped the entire nation. If you slap the Nigerian ambassador to the U.S., it means America is ready for war. And we are going to show them. No, I'm just joking. But you know, under normal circumstances, you know what I mean? When you slap an ambassador, you have slapped a nation. They won't report in the papers that an American slapped the Nigerian. No. They will say, America slapped Nigeria. Why? One man, the ambassador. You represent the kingdom of God. Everywhere you go, the kingdom is there. Can I have an amen? The kingdom is in you. That's why I said the greatest works of God are in us. Why are we becoming better? Why are we becoming Christ-like? Why do we tell lies now? We still tell a little, 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 but until he reveals God. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? For some of us, zero, you don't tell lies anymore. Praise God for your life. But for some, they're still on the journey. Pastor, it's, it's not like 50%. Thank God for your life. On the journey. Different things that we do, the different whatever in our lives that we are, we're brought in from Egypt. God is working in us. God is working in us. That's why we need to come to church. Someone say, why do we have to come to church every time? We come to church like twice a week. Hey, if you know the forces arrayed against you that keep you lying and have made you a compulsive liar, you want to live in church and, and sleep in church. It's a blessing when we come together, you bring your anointing, I bring my anointing, we have a corporate anointing, we generate it. It is God that worketh in you. What is he doing? Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. One, he helps you 
to desire to be like him. It's not normal. It's not natural for you to desire to be like Christ. You want to be yourself. You want to live your life. You don't want anybody to control you. You want to open your chest. Even body. Doesn't matter. What's anybody's business? Let me get my body. Right? The natural person. Some people have decency, but some don't. Decency is not in their dictionary. But now you are born again. You say, I can't do this anymore. Or you are a guy. Naturally, you feel like, come on. Take a little bit of alcohol. But now you are born again. The willingness to do those things not anymore. The willingness to get on the street and fight like a madman, which you used to do, is not there anymore. Now you are willing to please God. Nasty statement. And you look at them and say, nah. God bless you. And you walk away. Now, everybody around would know that's not normal because they knew you before. They knew you, BC. You, before Christ. Are you with me tonight? Not only to will, but also to good pleasure. It is the good pleasure of the Father for the sick to be healed. Amen? He wants to walk through you to bring healing to the nations, healing to people. That's why it gives us the gifts of healings. How did Jesus do it? By the anointing. How did Paul do it? By the anointing. How are we going to do it? By the anointing. In Acts 28, I don't have time to read that. You know, uh, Paul was traveling and then he was shipwrecked along with people. One of the, Luke. Luke was a physician. He traveled with Paul on so many of his journeys. It was not recorded in that Act 28 that Luke used this medical knowledge to heal anybody. It was recorded that the father of called Melita, which today is called Malta, was sick. The father of, like say, the father of the president of that island was sick. It was recorded that Paul laid hands on him and he was healed. It was not recorded that Luke used his medical knowledge and brought out his stethoscope in medicine. Paracetamol, chloroquine. No. So what did the healing? The power of God through the gift of healings. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? We thank God for medical doctors and all that they stand for and all they do. Thank God for them. Some, some people think, well, medical doctors and medicine are probably the gift of healings. No, they are not the gift of healings. Amen. <laughs> They are not. If they were, that would mean that doctors are the only way that God wants to heal us. And if that is true, then they should not be charging because it's, they, they got it freely and so freely they should give. Jesus said freely you have received, freely you should give. Amen to that? But you know that they pay a lot of money to, to acquire medical knowledge. It's not cheap to study medicine and surgery or even nursing. It's not cheap. So when they work, they also deserve to be paid. Are you, are you with me tonight? Number two, you would know that they are not the gifts of healings because, not only because they don't, they, they charge, number two, they are not the gifts of healings because they make mistakes. Do you agree with me? They do make mistakes. They are, they've given some people wrong, uh, wrong uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, what do you call that thing now? Diagnosis, thank you. I was going to say analysis. <laughs> wrong diagnosis. Sometimes it takes the nurse, who is more experienced than the doctor, to say, mm, what the doctor wrote in this case notes? I don't think so. And then calls the attention of the doctor, and then the doctor will look at him. Ah, okay, thank you. All right? Now, they make mistakes. They are human. So that is not the gift of healings. The gift of healings is supernatural. Amen. 
let me, let me wrap up tonight telling you two different manifestations of healings. Um, one, healing can come when you believe the word of God. You believe God directly, you can be healed. Like Papa Higgin, who said he was bedfast, he had incurable blood disease, he had a deformed heart. And he was bedridden for about maybe 16 years of his life. The first 15 or 16 years of his life. And how did he get healed? He was just on Mark 11, 23, 24. Especially Mark 11, 23. And then 24. Mark 11, 23 says, And whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Then in verse 24, Whatever you, what you desire, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So he began to say, I believe I received my healing, crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I believe I received healing of my deformed heart. I believe I received healing in my blood. I believe I received. And one day it occurred to him, look, what do healed people do? If you are healed, what do you do? You don't sleep on the bed, you get up. And so he got up. And so on and so forth. Completely healed. He got that by the word. So that's one manifestation of healing. You can get it by the word. But there is another manifestation. This is now the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings comes through another person. Are you with me? Are you with me tonight? You can get it directly from God. But if it is the gifts of healings, it will come through another person. You can get healing directly from God. Staying on the word, meditating in the word, renewing your mind to the word. But when it comes to the gifts of healings, it comes through another vessel. Amen. Did you get something tonight? How many of you would like God to use you? It will happen by the Spirit. Let's be conscious of the Holy Spirit. Let's be conscious of His presence in us. He's in us. So how do, how do I work on my consciousness of Him? Pause. Maybe every 15 minutes, every 20 minutes, every 35 minutes. Every hour, and just give him thanks and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you because you're in me. And I know you're working in me right now. Both to will and to do pleasure. When I'm in difficult situations, I, I, I do that. I just want to give him thanks and say, you're my peace, even in this storm. I don't understand what to do right now, but you do. And I'm going to be at peace because you're in control. Amen. Sometimes I, I'm not in trouble, but I just want to give him thanks. Put the Lord in your thoughts. The Bible says that the wicked does not even think about God. God is not in all of his thoughts. You shouldn't be like that. You should put the Lord in your thoughts. Factor him into your thoughts. There are times you forget. We all forget. We get carried away with work or with school activities or with business or with worry and anxiety. Factor God in. Like David the Psalmist said in Psalm 16 and verse 8, I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be moved. This situation will not move me. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Jesus never took credit for the miracles. Go back to John 14 and 10 and then we conclude there tonight. He said, believest thou know that I am in the Father and the Father where? Come on now. The Father where? In me. Inside me. He said the words, the words rather, the words, the words that I speak Unto you, I speak not of myself, 
but the Father, the Father that dwelleth in me, inside me. How did the Father dwell in Jesus? He dwelt in him through the Holy Spirit. The Father is in you tonight in the form of the Holy Spirit. Our God is one. Amen. He said, but the Father that dwelleth me, he doeth the works. So don't make me, don't look at me like I'm the miracle worker. Jesus was saying, I'm paraphrasing the words of Jesus. You've seen me do a lot of miracles. Hey, it's the Father that is in me who is doing all the works. But there is a connection between the words and the works. I didn't understand this scripture for a long time until the Holy Ghost explained to me. And I listened to other people that I listened to. Believers thou know that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Yeah, that's clear. The words are to you. Yeah, I speak not of myself. I would naturally expect he would finish that line by saying, it is the fact that is in me that gives me what to say. But he didn't go that route. He just said, the words I speak, I speak not of myself. Then he said, Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. What is the connection between the words and the works? Simple. Anything the father wants to do, he will say it first. If he gets any willing vessel, any available vessel to pick what he has said, and they say what the father has said, the father will do it. In this room tonight, there are radio waves. If you brought a radio to church this evening, if you tune to the right channel, you will get Splash FM. You will get Fresh FM. You will get Roots. You will get Uli Uli FM. You get whatever FM. All you need to do is to tune to the right frequency. Is that right? Because there are radio waves in this room. But you know why you're not listening to radio now? One, a church service is ongoing. Two, you didn't bring a radio. God is speaking. Is anybody picking up the signals of the spirit? Are we spiritual enough to pick what God is saying per time? Our undoing many times is that we are too carnal and too caught up in carnality and mundane things that we don't have time to listen to divine instructions. People that will go far with God will be people that listen for divine instructions. People listen to apostles. They listen to prophets. They don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Apostles and prophets are ministry gifts, but they can make mistakes. In fact, in that first Corinthians, go there quickly as we close, Paul was talking about are all apostles, 1 Corinthians 12, these are ministry gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, and if you look at verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? The answer is no, no, no. Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healings? Now, go to verse 28. And God has set some in the church. God himself has set some in the church. Who are those? First, apostles. Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then, gifts of healings. Helps. Government. Diversities of tongues. But are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? 
are all workers of miracles, have all the gift of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show why unto you a more excellent way. Apostles, prophets, teachers, and the rest of them are ministry gifts. They are human beings equipped with this anointing, equipped with these gifts to function not just for themselves, but to function in the body of Christ. You are not an apostle to be a blessing to yourself. <clears throat> you are not a teacher for you to enjoy your, your teaching. <laughs> you, you, you are not teaching yourself. You are set in the church as a teacher to bless the body, to bless the church, to bless the body of Christ as a whole. So you are a ministry gift. That's why when we receive the senior pastor, I like to receive him well. Because that man is not an ordinary man to me. I know he's not an ordinary man. He's anointed of the Holy Spirit. So I receive him as a ministry gift. So I won't say because his church is there, my church is here, and it's ablaze. Ablaze Sunday, yeah, let him just walk in. Maybe we just walk in and come and preach, and then he will just go. No! You don't treat a ministry gift like that. Even if she's your wife. If your wife is called to the five-fold ministry and it's a ministry gift, you better treat her well. Because there's somebody that anointed her. Don't grieve that person. If it's your husband, treat him well. That's why you have a lot of issues in ministers' marriages. Because we, 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 we relate because, you know, we are flesh. We see each other's nakedness. So, you know, what's, what's, what's the big deal? If I close my eyes, I know the way you are. No, no, no. You don't relate to me that, like that. And if my wife were in the ministry, I don't relate to her like that. If you have a brother that is in the ministry, don't relate to him. Even if you are the older brother, if he's your younger brother, honor him because the ministry gift. The, the Bible says here, God has set some in the church. God did. And we'll answer. He set them in the church. I don't join them to talk about my senior pastor. You can't even in a bad light around me. How come people are comfortable speaking ill of your pastor around you? They are even comfortable to discuss your pastor around you. That means you must be one of them. It's one of the reasons people get cut off. The, the blessing supply. They don't know. The pastor is there when you are talking ill of him. But the Holy Spirit is always there. He will cut off the supply. That's why many can be under a prosperous man of God. And their lives are nothing to write home about. The man carries grace. But they are not receiving the grace he carries. Because they dishonor him. Jesus said, those of you that dishonor me, dishonor my father. John chapter 8. He said, I honor my father, but you do dishonor me. And as you dishonor me, you are dishonoring my father. And when God sees dishonor, cuts off the supply. That's why many are stranded. Honor is on the inside of God. The glory is around him. He covers himself in glory, but on the inside, on the underwear of God. That's why you don't touch his honor. Jesus teaching the disciples to pray. Said, Our Father who art in heaven. What was the next thing they said? Hallowed, honored be your name. When Moses came and gave them the, 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 the commandments in the Old Testament, one of the things he told them is you do not, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's why I pity people that are scammers and they are scammers in the name of the Lord. If you want to be a scammer, be a scammer. Don't scam in God's name. You are not a pastor. You are not called of God. But you start a church, you run it as a business. 
Oh, yeah, you. Every month, I tax you. How much are you collecting salary? Don't you know that we are building the church? Oh, yeah, you know. Did God call you? If God called you, he should fund the ministry. There are church overseers today who are the beggars in their own ministry. They beg members to pay their children's school fees. They beg members to pay rent. If they don't beg, they manipulate. I brought this water from Israel. One bottle, 5,000 naira. The pure water he bought on the street. If you see where these fake prophets and pastors are packaging materials, if you, if you ever see them, you will pity the people under them. They are doing evil in the name of the Lord. God doesn't joke with his name. The supply is cut off. Some started well. Started as ministers. Doing well. Listening to God. But after a while, the supply got cut off. Why? Dishonor. Dishonor. When God sees dishonor, he can't stand it. It's a stench. Dishonor was the reason they did not hear the words of Jesus. And if you don't hear the words of God, you can't see the works of God. The words and the works have a strong connection. If you didn't get anything, get this tonight. The words and the works have a strong connection. You can't divorce them. You can't. That's why Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. What does that mean? Every time. Jesus paid attention to the father. Dad, what are you saying? The father told him what he was saying. Jesus echoed the words of the father that he heard. Then the father would go ahead and do whatever Jesus said. Because whatever Jesus said, he heard it from the father. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is that the father said bonjour. And Jesus said bonjour. Then the father goes and he bonjours. Simple. That was the life Jesus lived. At the tomb of Lazarus, John 11... And verse 40, did I not say to you, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Father, I thank you because you hear me always. You have heard me already and you hear me always. I said this not because of myself, but because of these people that are here. After he had prayed, after he had given thanks to God, he listened. The father said, how did I know the father said? Jesus said, the words I speak, I don't speak. Of myself. I hear what he says. I say it. The father said, Lazarus. Jesus said, Lazarus. The father said, come forth. Jesus said, come forth. Nobody heard the father speak to Jesus. But Jesus heard the father speak. And he echoed what he heard. And the father, through his Holy Spirit, went into the tomb. And brought back to he that had died for days. Only God can do that. Only God. Only, I repeat, only God can do that. That was how Jesus functioned. So, in the school of the spirit, I want to beg you tonight, guys, spend time to listen of the Holy Spirit. What he says to you, believe, receive, if he gives you instruction to declare it, declare it. When you do that, he goes ahead to honor those words. When you heard me say, testimonies like exaggeration. A time is testimonies like exaggeration. 
it wasn't just a nice, cute little phrase that I came up with. No, I heard them. And I said them. And we are seeing them. That's the way it happens in our lives. Amen, praise God. I was in, it's saying last Sunday, some of you know, some of you didn't know, you just didn't see me in church. And I, I ministered along some of these lines, especially talking about God inside mindedness, knowing that God is in us and God has healed us already. God is not about to heal you, you're already healed. Somebody say, I'm healed already. So I said to the people, receive. I learned some of these things from the senior pastor. Receive. Receive your healing. You're healed. If you're a child of God, you're healed. So many people got healed. Then I made a call. People came out, gave their lives to Christ. Then I wasn't satisfied. I said, there are still some of you that need to be healed. You're healed already and you need to know it. So now receive. Say, I receive in the name of Jesus. And I said, I receive. How many of you have been healed? I saw hands up. Oh yeah. Somebody come quickly. Share with us. The lady ran out. She said she had tonsillitis. And she had surgery. 2018. Since 2018 that she had had the surgery, she had been in consistent pain here, somewhere. Pain. She said, but as pastor told us this morning, you're already healed, receive it. And I asked myself, what do I need to do to receive anything? It's not time to start praying again. If somebody gives me a birthday gift, will I say, please hold on, let me go and pray. <laughs> birthday gift, iPhone 14. Well, okay. You'll be so spiritual. Oh, lash, sharaba, hayaba. Nombre, hedegezi. Let me go and pray. How many of you will do that? What do you do? <laughs> and you say, thank you. Isn't, isn't that right? She said she received the healing. And she said, thank you. And she touched that place and no more pain. She came out. She could look. She said, I'm touching it now. I can't feel any more pain. Nii, you were with me on that trip. Same Holy Spirit. And he's here tonight. Amen. Anybody got anything in me? Receive your healing right now. I said, receive it. Re don't pray. Re just receive it. Say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive my healing in the name of If you're online, say, I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. It's been a wonderful evening. Next Thursday, I'm going to the gift of prophecy. Amen. And from the gift of prophecy, I move on to diverse kind of tongues, and then I move on to interpretation of tongues. And that's it would have wrapped up the, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in the year 2022. And glory be to God, we are moving, we are galloping into 2023 on a note of victory. Amen? And we are moving on the wings of the Holy Spirit. Amen?